Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Turkey's President Erdogan appears to be shifting away from his initial moderate tone following the shocking Hamas terror attack this past weekend. Instead, he slammed Israel in the U.S. this week over the response to this attack. At the same time, Erdogan vowed on Wednesday to escalate Ankara's ongoing military campaign against the Kurds in northeast Syria, even as Syrian Kurds accuse Turkey of war crimes. Amber Zaman, the chief correspondent of El Monitor, joins me to discuss Erdogan's latest escalation of rhetoric against Israel in the U.S., look into his threats to step up Ankara's military campaign against the Kurds in northeast Syria, and break down whether Syria's Kurds are slipping further down Washington's list of priorities following the Hamas terror attack. Amberin, always great having you back on The Greek Current. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Amberin, after Hamas's shock terror attack in Israel, Erdogan had also indicated that he would be open to mediating between Israel and Hamas. After his latest outburst this week, however, against Israel and the United States, for that matter, is this now a you know mission impossible, to quote Politico? <laughs> well, it's getting trickier and trickier as we see more of those images of dead Palestinian children flood the airwaves. Obviously, we also know that Erdogan has been an unabashed you know, proponent of the Palestinian cause to the extent that I'd say, I mean, I personally witnessed this in Israel for the Palestinians. He's like their big hero. And yes, it's becoming harder and harder, and it's reflected in his rhetoric, though though Turkey is, of course, trying to play mediator and is, you know, hoping that it can play some kind of role in helping free those hostages being held in Hamas, which in turn, of course, means that on the one hand, he can't be too critical of Hamas, but then nor can he be too critical of Israel if, you know, he's to be accepted as a good faith broker. While he lambasted Israel in the U.S. this week over their response to this attack, he also vowed to escalate Ankara's ongoing military campaign against the Kurds in northeast Syria. What should we expect to see in northeast Syria? Well, we're already seeing a lot. I mean, Turkey since October 4th has been pounding targets in uh, northeast Syria, not just SDF militants, who he claims are all PKK, but also the civilian infrastructure there. And now that's a real escalation because he's knocking out, well, not him, obviously, the military is knocking out potable water supplies, oil wells, electricity grids, really, really sort of crippling the economy there and obviously making life incredibly difficult for the people living there. I mean, according to NGOs operating in the area, people have been affected by the knocking out of one of the electricity grids there, the Sueda plant, which is now completely offline. And some, you know, 1.5 million people living in Hasaka, they're dependent on that grid. So a really dire situation, which will lead to more displacement and obviously makes it that much harder for the SDF and the coalition to pursue their fight against the Islamic State there. It's highly destabilizing. Amber, Syrian Kurds have accused Turkey of war crimes in northeast Syria. Is this what we're seeing unfold? Look, I'm not a jurist, but I would, I mean, by most definitions, yes. I mean, civilians are being killed. We know that at least 11 civilians, including two children, 
and five women were killed in these airstrikes. And that's by no means a first. I have myself documented the deaths of children in Syria as a result of Turkish airstrikes. But of course, whether you can make that stand up in a court when you're a non-state actor, which is what you know the Syrian Kurdish administration there is, of course, is a completely different question. But let us note that there was a statement that came out of the White House yesterday, which was very, very tough. And I'll quote, says the actions by the government of Turkey to conduct a military offensive in northeast Syria undermines the campaign to defeat the Islamic State, endangers the lives of civilians, and further threatens to undermine the peace, security, and stability in the region, and continues to pose an unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security and foreign policy of the United States. That's pretty strong language. Is this statement by the White House perhaps maybe the toughest statement that the U.S. has directed at Turkey in a long time? I would say so, though, you know, it's building on a statement that came out of the White House under Trump, basically this executive order that was issued soon after Turkey invaded a big chunk of northeast Syria, as you recall, with Trump's blessings. But, you know, the fact that they use this language at this time to extend the state of emergency declared with that executive order back in 2019, I think is significant. But, you know, it isn't necessarily related to the deep concern that the United States feels about what's happening in Syria. And I I can say more about that, if you like. Sure. You know, where do you think it's attributed to then? Well, it is that in part. Clearly, of course, they're concerned by what's happening there. And of course, the partner force, the SDF, is hugely disappointed at the lack of a U.S. response so far. So in part, of course, it's to, I think, placate them. But the timing is also interesting. Okay, it was made as these attacks continue. And as you pointed out, as Erdogan vows to escalate. But let's not forget that we had this ministerial meeting of our NATO foreign ministers in Brussels this week. And the expectation was that Turkey would finally, you know, come up with a firm commitment and even a date for the parliament to approve Sweden's accession. That did not happen. And I think that patience is really wearing thin in Washington, in Brussels. And so you could say that maybe it's in part linked to that, if you were to be cynical. And let's not forget also that Tony Blinken left Turkey off his itinerary this week as he tours the Middle East, his most extensive tour of the region since he became Secretary of State. Another incident also took place last week, Amber, when a US F-16 fighter jet shot down a Turkish drone after it came within half a kilometer of US positions in northeast Syria. Should we also be considering this incident when we look at the big picture here? Well, of course, it's significant that that happened, but I think it was to do with the rules of engagement because when those drones, there wasn't just one, came within close proximity of a U.S. base in northeast Syria in this region called Tel Badr. The coalition said, you know, go away. You're coming too close to our forces. And they did. But then they came back. And that's when, you know, within 500 meters, I believe, of that base, 
And that's when they shot one of them down by way of saying, okay, you know, this is where we draw the line. But then very soon after you had this bizarre, I would call it bizarre statement from the Pentagon saying, well, they weren't threatening the lives of our forces there and that it was a sort of regrettable incident. And the Turks also initially played everything down, saying it had to do with a sort of a deconfliction glitch. And of course, the fact that nobody was in those drones, that they were unmanned, so nobody died, made everything easier. However, um, in the past few days, we've heard Erdogan raise the issue and say, you know, this is seared into our collective memories as of the Turkish nation, and that, you know, we will do what's necessary when the time comes by way of retaliation, I guess he meant. So definitely escalating again. Amberin, you reported this week that, you know, Syrian Kurds have expressed worries that after Saturday's Hamas attack on Israel, that they'll slip even further down Washington's list of priorities. Is this something that we're seeing despite, you know, the recent statement that you mentioned from the White House and the signals that Washington has sent following the shooting down of the uh, Turkish drone? I would say yes, absolutely. I think everything points in that direction. The level of engagement is much lower, as I've said many times in my reporting. Brett McGurk has not set foot in Syria yet, the White House director for the Middle East. And, you know, he was a huge hero in northeast Syria when he was the anti-ISIS envoy for the, well, initially Obama, but then the Trump administration. You know, he was very instrumental in forging this relationship between the SDF and the Pentagon and spent quite a bit of time there and was seen as a huge advocate of the Syrian Kurds. So he's very absent from that, you know, conversation. We used to see Syrian Kurdish officials in Washington. We don't anymore. They're being actively discouraged from coming. But I suspect that to the extent that the United States is really annoyed, increasingly annoyed with Ankara, that may shift. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, Syria, Northeast Syria will be again bumped up in the list of priorities. It won't. I just don't think it has the same traction anymore. And obviously, the war in Ukraine was one big reason that happened. And as a result, of course, Turkey becoming more important once again, and therefore Washington having to accommodate Turkey's concerns, interests. But now, of course, with Israel, I think all that energy is going to get sucked up by that conflict. So again, I think the Kurds will not figure too prominently in any of these conversations. Amberin, thanks for joining us again. It's always great speaking with you. Thank you, Thanos. In other news, in what is seen as a message to Albania on Thursday, European Commission Vice President Margaritis Kinas said that accession to the European Union rests on full respect for democracy, human rights, and the rule of law. His comments were referring to the accession bids of the Western Balkans, but were also seen as a dig at Albania over its continued detention of the mayor-elect of the predominantly ethnic Greek city of Himare, Freddy Belleri, on vote-rigging charges since May and delays in his trial. Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis last month said the Belleri case overshadows relations with Albania and reverses any improvements that have been made. 
Finally, with the second round of local elections just two days away, ruling New Democracy, which posted a sweeping victory in the first round last week, is looking to add at least four regions to the seven it has already won. According to government spokesman Pablos Marinakis, the ultimate goal for New Democracy is a clean sweep over the two rounds, winning 13 out of the 13 regions along with Athens and Thessaloniki. This will result in the government having received, in less than four months, a fresh vote of confidence so it can proceed unhindered with the reform work that lies ahead. To achieve this goal, Prime Minister Mitsotakis has also taken the battle of the second round upon himself. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.